Hey everybody. Hey Bill. Good to see everybody. Come on in. It's time. It's time for coffee with Scott Adams. You may have some other things to do because this is Sunday, maybe church-related things, but keep your priorities straight. It's time for Coffee with Scott Adams, and all you need is a cup or a mug or a glass of tanker, gels or stein, a canteen jug or flask, a vessel of any kind. Fill it with your favorite liquid I like, coffee. And join me now for the unparalleled pleasure of the dopamine of the day, the thing that makes everything better. Except, apparently... The riots. But we'll work on that. It's called the simultaneous sip, and it happens now. Go. Ah. Well, let's start with the good news. The good news is that the Trump campaign now has a Navy and an Air Force. Did you see the uh, Trump boat parade? That's a lot of boats. <laughs> and amazingly... Uh, they found a way to have a gigantic event that did not clog the streets. So good for them. I would be really worried if I were a Joe Biden supporter and I couldn't find so much as a lawn sign for Joe Biden. The, the only kinetic energy that Joe Biden is creating in terms of people moving their bodies, their arms and legs, or, or a vehicle moving in some way, the only actual motion created by Biden is Antifa <laughs> and, and uh, the BLM riots and stuff. So Biden, Biden is creating riots. Trump is inspiring boat parades. And the polling is still close. What kind of a weird country is this? So um, the funniest thing that happened... And, of course, we're at that point where we're laughing at tragedy of other people because that's the kind of people we are. Did you see the new Antifa dance move? It doesn't have a name yet. I think it might be called something like the Molotov or possibly Hot Fate. But it involves... I can't do it because I can't stand up on camera here, but it involves catching one foot on fire and then sort of cross-stepping until you jump on the ground and then roll back and forth on the ground. And then sometimes, sometimes your brilliant helpers will try to put out the fire with, and here's the best part, if you're going to put out a fire on somebody's leg while they're writhing and rolling on the ground, there are some tools that are better than other tools. If you saw the video I'm referring to on social media of the Antifa person dancing with their leg on fire. You know that one of the helpful friends tried to help put it out with what looked like the top of a garbage pail. Now, the top of a garbage pail, just so you can picture this, is largely flattish, except for, you know, its edges. And probably one way to not put out a fire on something that's an irregular size and flailing, like a leg is to put a flat metal object and keep, keep pounding on it <laughs> so that the people who have better ideas can't get there. <laughs> so I don't know what was funnier, the guy with his leg on fire or, <laughs> or the guy... 
the guy who was helping. <laughs> I've watched that thing like ten times. And every time I just can't stop looking at the guy with the, the garbage... <laughs> the garbage pail lid. who was just not helping. He's not helping at all. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing at this. It's so cruel. Um... So it looks like the hashtag Biden riots is, is catching on. I just used it before I, I came on. And there were, I think, 470 uses of Biden riots in the last, I don't know, hour or whatever. Do you think that's enough to make it trend? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Dancing with fire. <laughs> you, you know... You you know I'm going to make a video with that dance move later. You know that's coming. Uh, so I I don't know if this is happening, but it looks like the whoever's in charge of what trends is trying pretty hard to make Biden riots not trend. <laughs> it looks like there might be some manual intervention, but I can't say that for sure. But a lot of people are using that hashtag, and it's not going anywhere. Doesn't show up in the trending. All right. Um, I, last night I registered to vote. That doesn't sound like a big deal to you, but the last time I registered to vote, I don't remember. Because, as you, as you know, I famously don't vote because it would make me biased. Now, I'm already biased, so probably doesn't hurt in this case. But, um, normally I wouldn't have bothered because I, you know, I live in California. It just doesn't seem to make that much difference, my one vote. And I'm happy that other people vote. makes the system feel like it's credible. But I'm only voting for self-defense. I mean, actually, literally, self-defense. I, I don't mean that as a joke. I'm not being sarcastic. It's actually just purely safety. Because when you look at the uh, what's happening with the, with the Biden riots... It looks like it could get out of control. I don't think it will, but it looks like it could. It certainly has that potential. So here's a little uh, psychological uh, question for you. This has more to do with psychology than whether it's practical. Suppose, suppose there was some state who wanted to um, end the, the, the protests. And suppose the state said, hey, we've got a lot of land we're not using. Why don't you just make your perfect society on this land that we're not using? You can do anything you want. Form your own government. Run it just the way you want to. Just don't involve us. Because here's the thing. Nobody is really stopping anybody from living the way they want to live. Are we? Is there anybody in Antifa who can't go and just sort of live the way they want to live. And if we are stopping them from living the way they want to live, well, we should stop doing that. Why not let them have whatever they want? Just just don't do it around us. The only requirement I have is why do you have to do it with my stuff? Why can't you just go live your life with your stuff? Uh, I'll live my life separately with my stuff. You live with your stuff. Why can't we both be happy, just be separate? And here I'm not talking about Black Lives Matter, I'm talking about Antifa in particular. I'm talking about people who want a different system. Why don't we give it to them? Or why don't we really mess up their heads and offer it to them? 
Because you know what they don't want? They don't want to run anything. They don't want to be in charge. (laughs) Antifa doesn't want to be in charge of anything. I say we round them up and put them on some kind of an Antifa reservation and just say, hey, guys, this is all yours. You have all the freedom in the world. Call it whatever you want. Make up your own set of rules. We just don't want to be involved. We only want to be away from you. That's all we want. We don't want you to be different. We don't want you to change. We just don't want to be around it. That's all. Now, I think there's enough space in the country because the, the total number of antifas is not that big. You know, if you added them all together, a few thousand, put them on a reservation and, and say, look, if you can get somebody to send you free food, you don't even have to work. We're not going to send you free food. But if you can find people who will, good for you. And you don't need to spread your revolution to us because anybody who would rather live in a non-capitalist, non-democratic society, they'll have an option. They can go live in the mud and disease with the rest of you. Seems like a good idea. Now, of course, it's completely non-practical. wouldn't happen in the real world. But the beauty of it is the mental part of that. What if you gave them what they were asking for, right? It's sort of like the dog chasing the car. Don't you have that feeling about the, the riots, the Biden riots, that if they got everything they wanted, they sure wouldn't be happy about it. So why don't, you, why don't we create a picture in their heads of them getting what they want? Because it's, it's a well-known um, trick of persuasion that if you can make somebody think through to the future and it's a bad future or a good future, depending on which way you're trying to persuade, that that imagined future will affect their decisions today. So rather than let them live with some idea of an an ideal Antifa where everything's good and we've all got food and and healthcare and, and things are great, why don't we say, look, you can build your own chaz or chop or whatever you want. It'll be totally legal. We're just, we just don't want to have anything to do with you. We just want to have no contact with you whatsoever. That's all. That's all we're asking. No contact. And let them do their thing. But you could, draw, you, could, you could force them to imagine what that would be like until they didn't want it anymore. You know what I mean? Because right now they're just imagining some collection of things which might be better. It's not really a, a coherent image of the future. They don't have one. So why not give them one? Why not give them the gift of imagining their own future accurately? That would be a good gift. And just say, it's going to be here, so you can imagine what it will be. Now imagine how much fun you'll have with your no money, your no police, and your no health care. Because that's what you're trying to give all of us. Why don't we give to you what you are trying to gift to us, the gift of no, no modern society, the gift of no law enforcement, the gift of fear every time you walk outside, why can't we give that back to you? This is our gift to you. You can have all this land. Now, again, it's more of a mental trick because you want them to imagine what would happen if they got what they wanted. What would it look like? Maybe you wouldn't like it so much. Um... Watching the video from the Biden riots last night, 
in Portland, the fireworks stuff is just really weird. Because I can get that the fireworks are you know, mostly non-deadly, non-lethal, and you know, mostly it's just to create noise and you know, maybe brush the police back if that's what they're doing with the fireworks. But it looks like literally a pretend war zone. Literally pretending to have a war, using fireworks and non-lethal stuff instead of lethal stuff. It is the weirdest pretend situation um, that you've ever seen. All right. <clears throat> Are we done with the Atlantic uh, stuff? <laughs> I feel like that didn't even last 48 hours. The whole President Trump uh, was mean to the troops. Now, I guess it's one of those situations where you don't even need to talk about whether it happened or it didn't, because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the president ever said those words or didn't, because his supporters will think he did not say them, for the most part. His detractors will say he did say them, and it doesn't matter if he did. It actually doesn't matter. The literal, literally the reality of whether it happened or didn't happen, no difference. doesn't matter at all. It's the, the truth of it is not even a variable here, which is weird. Um, I think that uh, we've discovered a new form of energy, um, and this is, this is brand new. This is only this week. If you haven't heard about this, it's a pretty big deal. And the way it works is um, that they, they hook a generator around the lifeless body of Steve Jobs. And then as Steve Jobs spins in his grave, well, I assume he is. I mean, that's just a safe assumption. As he spins in his grave, they put uh, magnets on his body. And the spinning of Steve Jobs' body in the grave uh, against, the, uh, you know, against the other magnets in the generator creates energy. And... As his widow squanders his money on propaganda for the Biden riots inspiration, one imagines what Steve Jobs would have thought of this situation in which his widow is using the money he created over his lifetime to support rioting and possibly a civil war in the United States. Oh yeah, Steve Jobs must be so happy about what happened to his money after he left. But on the good side, it's generating a lot of electricity. So, Lorraine, Lorraine, Lorraine Jobs, you have completely uh, destroyed his legacy. <laughs> so, I guess he didn't see that coming. Um, so, there, there's more reporting on that Ryan Hole guy, the, the guy who shot the Trump well, I guess he would be a police supporter, a Blue Lives supporter. And uh, the new video shows that he was actually lying in wait, and it looked like it was just organized. Uh, it completely obliterates his, his alibi before he was killed by the police, and obliterates his alibi that he, it was some kind of self-defense thing. It was obviously just he laid in wait, and uh, he was, it was just a planned hit. Uh, now add that, because that was clearly a case, and people have been saying this on social media, that was clearly a case of a Trump supporter being hunted. There's no, there's no other word that fits, right? Because he wasn't robbed, it wasn't self-defense, it wasn't heat of the moment. 
He was identified, tracked, if you will, you know, kind of, kind of knew where he was. They set up the kill point. It was organized. He was hunted. Is that word not accurate? We also saw a video of some of the walk-away people, Brendan Straka and uh, Carlin, Carlin, whose last name I'm blanking on right now, and they were showing the video of being followed by the Antifa people and basically being chased away at great personal risk. Did it look like they were being hunted? It did. It did. It looked like live video of Trump supporters being hunted in public right out, right there on the street and being chased away. Now, it looked pretty seriously dangerous, so I don't recommend anybody get near those protests. I, I, feel, I feel like that's a bad idea for your safety. If you would like to uh, do a simulation of what it would like to live in a, a Biden future, uh, I have a, a little exercise you can do. Now, normally it would be difficult to imagine yourself in the future, you know, at least accurately. But I think this is a little, uh, little exercise that I created in which you would be able to experience today fully, just a full experience today of exactly what the future would be like should Biden win and the Antifa BLM people get their way. And here's how you can simulate it today. You, what you would do is you would uh, gather up all of your possessions and maybe put them on a, a carpet in one place douse them with gasoline, set them on fire. While everything that you've owned in your life and have worked for is, is on fire, um, you want to use that time to punch yourself as hard as you can until you pass out. Now, once you've passed out, and I can't guarantee this last part, but, you know, fingers crossed, if you do everything right, uh, some NFL team will put your name on a helmet for being, in a sense, a hero if you will. So that's how you would experience the Biden future, but today. Um, All right. What is the... uh, Oh, then Trump is getting provocative, but he'll totally be able to get away with this. So as you know, he already canceled within the government uh, training on uh, critical race theory. So the federal government just can't do that anymore. It's considered un-American and, uh, and against everything that we care about. But the question remains, I think uh, Jack Posobiec was, was asking this on Twitter, does that include the military? Is the military included in Trump's ban of the critical race theory training? Don't know. Well, I'd like to know that, but... Just to pile on a little bit more, apparently Trump is considering, and I think Tom Cotton likes this idea, he's, promote, he's, he's got some kind of uh, legislation on it, that the federal government is considering defunding or not funding schools that teach the 1619 Project, which would be California schools to start with, I guess. There's some of them. Now, the 1619 Project is the, was it the New York... New York Magazine project in which they sort of reframe the history of the United States through a uh, slavery is the most important filter kind of a lens. And critics say that that is not an accurate view. I'm not a historian, so I'm not going to weigh in on what's accurate or not about that. 
But I don't think that the president could have gotten away with this so easily if not for the Biden riots. So if you're wondering what the Biden riots have bought so far, what they've bought so far is much worse feelings about race, for sure. Uh, The end of reparations as a conversation, that's not going to happen. Certainly it will get rid of the 1619 projects in schools, probably get rid of critical race theory, in, at least in the government, if not corporations. So I would say the Biden riots are so far getting them everything they didn't want to get. In other words, it's caused already a... It, it made it easy for Trump to get rid of the 1619 project, if he succeeds, from the school system. And it made it easy for Trump to say, get rid of critical race theory. Because the Biden riots have so spoiled that, um, let's say, that the philosophical purity of any of that message, to the extent it ever had philosophical purity, but now it's completely gone. You know, the, the credibility of the movement is completely depleted at this point. So the president can do that, whereas maybe before it would have been politically impossible. At this point, it's just easy. Um, there's a story about uh, one of the Black Lives Matter protesters who's facing a felony charge for rioting. Um, I saw it was a, uh, somebody who was actually literally smashing windows. Is a wealthy uh, Upper East Sider, a 20-year-old, uh, so whose mother is an architect and her father is a child psychiatrist. So Clara Crabber, age 20, she was one of eight people arrested for $100,000 in damage on Foley Square. Uh, her, uh, her father is a child psychiatrist. Now, if you're a child psychologist and your child, who is raised in privilege, joins Antifa and gets arrested breaking windows downtown, could it be said that you're the best child psychiatrist in the world? Well, you might actually be, because I'm not sure that child psychiatrists are that effective. In other words, it doesn't change somebody's life uh, you know, reliably. I'm sure it's useful, but uh, he couldn't... He didn't have enough power to change his own kid's life, And I'm not making fun of him, because I don't think just being a child psychiatrist gives you superpowers. You can't can't change somebody who's really dead set on being some other person. But uh, that's not really good for his... uh, That will not not look good on his Yelp reviews, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Okay, I shouldn't shouldn't laugh about that. Uh, Here's a question for you. What, what backup plan do we have, we meaning the citizens of this country, if the local governments and therefore law enforcement abandon us? So what happens if the, if the mobs just grow in power because the police and law enforcement just don't have the support of the local governments and they also don't call in the feds? And uh, Kurt Schlichter had a really good article in Town Hall, I think, about why it's not really practical to call in federal forces, uh, let's say the National Guard, unless the city is welcoming, welcoming them and giving them the, um, the backup that they need. For example, if your federal forces came in and arrested a bunch of people, well, where do those people go? Once they're arrested, 
They, they sort of need to work with the local governments to put them in local jails and process them locally, etc. And if you don't have the local support, you can't really do anything with outside forces very well. You would have to like send in a whole army to get it done because you need all the logistics to come with the, the forces. If you don't have logistics, in other words, how do you feed them, how do they go to the bathroom and all that stuff, where do they get their supplies? If you don't have all that, uh, you've got to bring it with you. So it's not really easy for the federal government to just say, we'll just bring a zillion people in and take care of it. It's a big, big operation and not to be taken lightly. So what happens if uh, law enforcement just gives up and the, uh, let's say the Antifa mobs start spreading into the suburbs? What do you do? So at this point, it's just an open question, but there's part of a suggestion embedded in this. We probably need to have a shadow government that's ready to go, at least in the, gov- in the guerrilla warf- warfare sense. So something that is not anti-U.S. government, but rather an augmentation to it, something that would protect it if it can't protect itself, which is the idea of the militia, of course. But our militias are local, and they're not really coordinated as far as I know. Who would be the leaders of such a, a counter counter revolution? You know, who? What kind of a structure would you have if the citizens wanted to push back against Antifa, and they had no police or government muscle to help them? How would they do it? Well, I would suggest that we should start thinking about forming an actual structure, so that there would be at the at a minimum there would be communication so that you could organize. And here, here's why it's important. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Here, here's just a fact check. Fact check. Do the protesters in Portland, do they have a camp? Do they have like a base camp with tents? I think they do, right? Can somebody fact check me on that? I might be confusing Seattle or something with Portland. But I feel as if these protesters go somewhere to sleep and they probably don't stay at hotels, and they're probably not all local. So is there not a physical tent city somewhere that they all go to when they're resting up for the next riot? Because it seems to me that the people who wanted to be the, the resistance to the resistance, if you will, should know where that is. And if you had enough people who were, let's say, resistant to the resistors, they would just mass near that, that tent area and just walk through as a gigantic mass of people and just dismantle it. And you wouldn't even necessarily have any, any violence because if you had enough people, the others are going to back up, right? If you had 10 to 1 in numbers, they're not going to defend their tents very long. You know, a little bit of pushing and, and they're going to be gone. So suppose you just swept through and just took every, every one of their possessions, Suppose you grab them and strip them, like actually strip their clothes off, and just release them. And you took every article of their clothing, right down to their socks. You just grab them, hold them, strip them, and release them. And you take, of course, that would be you would be getting their hidden guns and weapons and stuff and and everything. But you wouldn't be you wouldn't be arresting them. You would effectively be only hurting their merchandise. Their merchandise would be the clothes that they're wearing, right? 
So you would just give back to them what they gave to you, which is a purely material fight. Because Antifa is mostly uh, trying to destroy goods and storefronts and buildings and stuff like that. They are, they have, you know, there have been humans who have died, but that's not their primary thrust. They are trying to destroy stuff. So if there was a reaction to the reaction, if you will, a counter-revolution to the revolution, shouldn't we also consider going after their stuff? So get rid of their tents, grab them and hold them, strip them of all their uh, clothing and goods, and then just release them. Somebody would immediately give them a coat. You know, you wouldn't have to worry about the, the nudity or anything. Or maybe you only do it to the men. You know, if, if, you're, if you're trying to, uh, let's say, do the least damage, let's say you just did it to the men. You know, don't, don't be stripping the women on the street. That's a different situation. But just strip the men. Completely strip them. And then just release them. Um, so... If anybody tried that without massive numbers, there would just be bloodshed, so don't try this. There's some ideas that you shouldn't do at all until you have a 10 to 1 physical advantage, and then you can do anything you want. <clears throat> Somebody says turn off their cell phones. Yeah, that would be a way to go. Um, somebody says I'm not touching them, right? You'd have to wear gloves and a spit hood, I guess. Um, their merchandise is provided for them, okay, just keep taking it away. And as long as it's stuff for stuff, it's hard to get, uh, you're not going to get any more punished than they are. And the beauty is that Antifa might be destroying things that would be, um, you know, felonies, because it has a big dollar value. But if you simply took somebody's clothing, what's that? Is that even much of a crime? Small misdemeanor, maybe? Now, I guess it would be the physical part, so it would still be probably a felony anyway. Uh, put Trump stickers on their cars. There's an excellent idea. Uh, identify all the Antifa vehicles and put Trump stickers, bumper stickers on them. <laughs> so here's my point. It would be a bad, bad, bad idea to do anything like that, any kind of citizens moving against Antifa, unless... The citizens had organized to the point where they had massive numbers, just such massive numbers that even the law enforcement couldn't do a thing. Now, if you've got massive numbers, you can kind of do anything you want. But short of massive numbers, don't do anything. Uh, I would say just wait and see how things are developing. But shouldn't we at least organize? Should we not know exactly who's in charge of the counter-counter-revolution? And again, we should stay completely legal because what I'm suggesting is protecting the United States, not overthrowing it. And I'm suggesting returning to law and order, not having less of it. So we shouldn't do anything that's illegal. But couldn't you organize? Would it not be completely legal to organize effectively a neighborhood watch but for the whole country? How hard would it be? All right. Um, yeah, and I don't know what's happening with the, the RICO laws. I'm guessing that there's a lot happening behind the scenes in terms of looking for leaders and arresting them and such. My computer's starting to come to life and make noise. I don't know what's up with that. All right. Um, there's not much else happening, so I'm going to keep it, uh, keep it short today. 
Spray them red, somebody says. You know, in... Let me turn this off. You know, I used to be a bank teller, and we used to have these uh, exploding money packs. If you got robbed, you would try to give them one of the packs of money that has exploding dye in it. And what it would do is it would just coat the, the bank robber with this blue ink so they couldn't blend into the background. It would just be obvious that they just robbed the bank. There might be something like that. There might be a way to tag Antifa. <laughs> but uh, I wouldn't use paintball guns. Apparently that causes trouble. Um, solving problems is a good discussion. Yeah, the one thing that I think we can all agree is that none of these uh, none of these riots are about solving problems. Would you agree? Because in order for Antifa or Black Lives Matter to solve the problem, the minimum require or whatever problems they're trying to solve, the minimum requirement would be that they had some kind of a leadership that they recognized and therefore could negotiate on their behalf. And that leadership would narrow down all the things that could be asked for to some group of things that might be possible. And then they would find somebody to negotiate with, because there's money, there might be laws, there might be things that need to be changed, and then they would get busy doing that. Now, they might do it at the same time the protests are going on as part of the pressure, but if you don't see that, if you don't see a leader who has specific demands and is authorized to negotiate, you're not seeing Black Lives Matter. That's not what's going on. You're not seeing Antifa trying to make the world a better place. There's nothing like that. It is pure destruction unless they have something they're asking for. If, if you just have individuals, you know, somebody says, well, I'm sort of on the side of Black Lives Matter, I'll write an article saying the things that I think would be good. And then somebody else writes another article with some overlap, but different things that would be good. That's nothing. Until you have somebody in charge who can negotiate for all of you, you don't really have anything. It's just a bunch of people destroying stuff. So it would be a mistake to see this as some kind of a political move that's trying to improve the lives of the people involved. It's nothing like that, because it would look completely different if that were the intention. I think it's mostly just anger and lots of different motives that came together. So those, somebody said they had to refollow me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the social media manipulation will probably get extreme in the next, next several weeks. Um, and isn't it, imagine, isn't it amazing that we can just talk about it out loud, nobody doubts it's happening. And here, what I'm talking about is the the fact that people get unfollowed automatically on Twitter. Now, I don't know if it's only people who are associated with Trump. I just don't know if other people are being unfollowed. But the fact that it even happens at all, and it's happening massively and all the time. <laughs> How in the world are we still putting up with that? Or at least don't know why it's happening. You know, some more specific answer about why it's happening. How is that okay? But we just get used to anything. All right. That's all I got for now. And I will talk to you tomorrow.